Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 63 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and with me today, and only with me today, is Stephen Klukas. It's an exclusive episode. I know. Look at that. We, we, uh, we introduced you as like the third co-host, and then three episodes into it, we just kicked out Mike. That's right. That's, right. that's how it should be. And I'll, just, <laughs> I'll laugh about it, but he's just in the room he next had, door. He's literally through a very thin wall. Yeah, he is. He's probably listening right now. But you know what? He's doing his thing. He's got to work on his uh, his school stuff. And we're here hanging out, man. Yeah. We're going to carry it this the week. So, Stephen, it being a beautiful day in April, and we've had a pretty good week, and lots of things are happening, how are you doing? Dude, it has been an amazing month. I tell you, like I've been doing a whole bunch of stuff out in my yard between gardening and repairing my back fence. Like, you know, what's great about all of those things is that they're done at this particular. Oh, okay, point. nice. Yeah, so so I'm feeling great right now. Well, that's good, man. How about you though? What- Dude, I'm I'm well. Last week was a very very busy week, man. Um, let's see. You did something last week. Well, last did a lot of things, man. The <laughs> week before, I went to. I, we talked about it on the on the podcast, but I went to a, a competition during the weekend. I came back and I, I don't remember what I did on Monday. I think I took Monday off, but Tuesday, life group. Wednesday, we started kids ministry That's again. Right. Yeah, dude. That was. Uh, I was not anticipating. We had twenty kids. Just right off the get-go. I tell you, like, as parents were showing up, seeing uh, my, my youth there hanging out by the door, they're just kind of like, is, is is this the place where we go? Is this where we drop off kids? And it was just brilliant. Yeah. Just the, the lost look on parents' faces. But It, it, it was, was pretty re- funny. We got we met some new families. And it, I'm excited because we're slowly bringing back that family Wednesday. That's right. Uh, I, I would love to, once we get some time to put some attention to it, to bring back like a an adult Bible study on Wednesday night, so it becomes like a family affair. That's right. I mean, that's the whole point of the Gospel Project, is that you have parents, teens, kids, all covering the same subjects and material at the same time. equipping families to to be able to have these spiritual conversations at home. That's right. Yeah. So it's been a cool thing, but we did that. Friday, I spoke at a a chapel uh, for kids here here in town, and then we had that memorial service that you worked. That's right. On Saturday morning, and uh, I, I set up the the room and then I preached, and then we started that sexual clarity class. That's right. Sa- Sunday night, dude. That was uh, for me. That was life group night, so I didn't have quite as much tension. But speaking of tension, uh, so actually, I heard that. Oh, you're not in Mike's life group anymore, right? Not, not right now. No, um, our life groups have multiplied. That's oh. that's, our, that's Mike's term for it. We've multiplied. So uh, basically, we just have so many people interested in hanging out with me. Uh, no, they're they're hanging out with Mike mostly. <laughs> um, but we've uh, we've duplicated the group. So now Mike took a good portion of the group over to his house, and now the rest of us who weren't cool enough are meeting with the Williams. No, um, with the Williamsons. And it's not that we weren't cool enough. Um, most of us that have small children, like my son's age, under yeah. two, uh, we decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and keep this core group together. And because we're all in the similar life stage, right? Yeah. And those that have slightly older kids are going over with the Freemans because they're in a similar life stage. So it's actually a really good win to allow more people into these life groups yeah. who have similar experience. And so, no, long story short, Mike and I are in different life groups now, but it's it's a beautiful thing to see. It is. Now, speaking of beautiful things to see and speaking of p- kids your age, or sorry, kids your son's age. I was going to say kids my age, yeah. man. Well, we're all kids your age. Well, you and I are kids your That's age. That's right. So. <laughs> but uh, I yesterday, I was on the old social medias, and I saw a picture of your son just enjoying life. Oh, yeah? Sitting there pantsless diaper on but then like a box of goodies just between his legs and he's just eating it while that's he's right. watching tv that's right dude he's living the life he really is <laughs> i was so jealous i was like was he on the couch in that picture he was yeah that's one that jessica just showed me too she went away out of the room for just a couple seconds yeah and then she comes back and he had gotten up onto the couch in her spot and she she looks at him and she's just like well you've definitely been watching me haven't you <laughs> I thought that was the best because I was like, dude, that kid's figured it out. This That's is how right. you live your life. That is right. No, no. So. The picture of the month for me was actually taken by Jess Freeman in the uh, nursery. And okay. it's Lachlan, but he's got both index fingers just shoved right up his nose. Oh, <laughs> what? That's, deep. That's funny. Oh, man. That's, That's good. So, well, yeah, you guys had life group. And I was just going to say, we, uh, so we started that sexual clarity class on Sunday night. And man... Um, people were receptive to that. I'm, I'm excited that so many people, they 
So there's two audiences. There's one audience that's like, yes, this is an issue in our culture. I have friends who ha- who struggle with brokenness at this capacity. I want the tools and the training to be able to walk them through it as opposed to just being like, they're there right. and patting them on the back. That's right. And uh, man, they're there. They're excited. They're engaged in the conversation. And then there are some people who are like, man, I, this is something I struggle with. And they are there and getting the support and they're getting uh, some handles and how to, to, to work with it. It was... Uh, it was super cool, and I, if anyone's listening right now from our church, I would just say, please continue to pray for the people participating. That's right. Um, I am excited to see what God's going to do through that through this ministry, and hopefully this is just the beginning of something amazing as, uh, as time goes on. Now, speaking of something amazing, Stephen, uh, I've noticed something. Youth ministry, man, it's just growing. Dude. Dude, you can say that again. Like Youth ministry, it's just growing. He did say it again. <laughs> no, we've had so many kids both and, and growing both physically and metaphorically here. Like we're we're more kids are coming in, more kids, especially from those uh those softball teams cuz those Freeman kids, they're all about the evangelism. I don't know. Man. So so I mean like originally there was a lot of growth for just neighborhood kids, yeah. right? And we see that happening. Yep. And then we uh, we're now starting to see uh kids from the softball teams are starting to show up. And then kids are inviting their friends. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to meet a couple kids uh, this last week, two uh new kids this last week who were just invited by friends. Yeah. Like, completely disconnected from anything else, but just Coming on in and hanging out with us. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, I, so I see that, and I see all these new kids, and I, I already made my exit because I, I'm, I'm working with the kids now and stuff, but I can't help but wonder, Stephen, do you need more help? Yes. Oh. Okay, that- so it's so an impassioned yes. Because um, with the starting of your uh, your kids' ministry thing, which is fantastic, and, and you guys have your hands full, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you plus another one of my leaders... Um, Going and investing in that group means that I'm down by two. So I have a total, a total of five volunteers for a group of like 30 kids, right? And so that's high school and middle school. I've got a bunch of kids and I have a shortage of eyes to just keep the chaos under control. So let's actually, so let's talk about that because you just said a shortage of eyes and I, I know the way you run things and it's, it's very positive. I'm excited to see how things will progress as time goes on. Yeah. But I, if people are listening right now and, and they're itching to help or maybe wondering if they have the capacity to, the biggest thing is you need, you need crowd control. I need crowd control. Cause there are two um, purposes to youth group itself. I mean, to, to youth ministries, our main purpose always is discipleship. And so there are going to be multiple contexts where that occurs. But youth group, specifically the Wednesday night, is equal parts discipleship and evangelism. And so that's where the, the people coming in, the softball, inviting your friends, all of those things occur. And that means that there are times where non-Christians are part of youth group, which is a beautiful thing. That's what we want. We want them with us mm-hmm. trying to learn about spiritual things and and the gospel, right? Yeah. But you can't invite um, non-Christians who've never been part of a church setting into youth group and expect them to know how to act like Christians. Mm. So in order to just protect our kids, to make sure that everything stays on the up and up and that we are facilitating a safe environment for our kids, we we have eyes. We just keep our eyes open. So let me so let me correct me if I'm wrong. What what I'm hearing is this. Um because we have we'll just use the the church term, we have lost students yeah. showing up at church. That's it. And so it is unreasonable really to expect them to act like saved students who understand church rules, who understand all these things like that. And so with that, we just need some help, you know, um corralling people because sometimes kids like to just get in they like to they their expectation or their their desire isn't to be a part of the study maybe they're there for their friends and something like that absolutely and so they might try to you know try to do whatever it is they do in school or they hang out with their friends and they might get get in trouble well and the majority of the time the vast majority 90 percent of 99 percent of the time they're just you know hanging out having a good time right it's the one percent of the time that we have to be on the lookout for, just in case. Yeah. And as long as we have people visible and and interacting with the kids, that's really the big thing: is just being visible. And if you can, just interacting, having small conversations here and there, so that we have a presence that eliminates the one percent. You're right. And and so what I'm hearing then is that we, you're not really looking for like life group leaders right now. You're not looking for someone to lead games. But those are opportunities. Those are if, always yeah. opportunities. But we're, what we're looking for, what you're looking for, are people who would just help, man, just just keep an eye on the kids. Absolutely. Just like, 
making sure that they're they're being safe and having fun. So that means that could just be someone, an adult sitting in the back of the room, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You and I have talked before. I mean, we have our, our good friend David who has just provided eyes. He sat in the back. Periodically, he would play a game. But we've talked about how, you know, you could have... Um, somebody's grandma come in and she might not want to go out and play dodgeball with the kids, but if she just wants to, you know, sit there with, you know, crocheting and hang out, I mean, not to be stereotypical ladies, I mean, crocheting is awesome, but some guys crochet too. That's right. Like me, like you, (laughs) um, but just hanging out and being part of the culture. That's what I need. Yeah. That's, that's, and honestly, if I'm not mistaken, that's what you need for the kids. Oh man. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I wasn't anticipating that we would have 20 kids our first night. And typically when we do these things, we just go up in numbers. That's and right. so um, I, I have some other volunteers stepping in. But you know what? We could always use help preparing snack, being eyes, coloring with kids. Our biggest thing for, for kids ministry is um, we don't need people to be the authority. We don't need people to teach. and all that. What we're looking for are adults who love Christ, who would love to just be loving adults in a child's life. Absolutely. You know? And so that means, uh, honestly, what I'm looking for are people who would just come and just play with Legos yeah. with kids, play with Play-Doh, and maybe help take a couple of kids to the bathroom, barring you know, all these people who help pass background checks for both your ministry and mine. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, that's just what we're looking for. It's, it's like I've said to my students a number of times, like if if a student is with me for a, the full four years of high school, that's you know 200 weeks-ish so that, that might be 200 lessons. Out of those 200 lessons, they might remember one of them by the time they get to our age. But what they will remember are the relationships in the church that they build. So that's what I'm looking for is people to come in, be eyes, and just build relationships. You don't have to teach my kids. You just have to be there. Yeah. So if you're listening and you've got that itch to, to, be, to participate or a desire, honestly, reach out to us. Maybe actually don't just show up. There, there, there is a don't process. Don't just show up. Yeah, but that's uh, a bad plan. Yeah, if you if you look in our episode description, you'll see different ways to connect with us. But on, honestly, if you're listening to this, you probably already part of our church, and you probably already know how to get a hold of Stephen or I. And I would encourage you to do so. And uh, maybe maybe bring it up in your life group. You know, if you're not someone who wants to do that or has feels led to do that, that's great. But maybe join us in prayer as we just look for uh, some help. Most definitely in those things. So. All right, Stephen. So uh, it's just you and me today. And I kind of wanted to transition into the topic of the day. Now, normally we have been doing the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. Uh, Without Mike today, and he's kind of the beholder of those things, I know he actually gave us the opportunity to talk about the mortification mortification of sin he he gave us the opportunity yeah and uh you so impassionately said no i said no way man (laughs) not a chance so yeah when mike is back we'll probably pick that back up but um you actually pitched an idea and i was so for it because uh because you just want to talk about my sermon right (laughs) i just did this last weekend (laughs) no but no actually you brought up a good idea of uh maybe diving into the topic of how or what, what? I'm sorry. Why don't you pitch what what you pitched to me? Yeah, yeah. So we just finished this series on being done, right? And you did a marvelous recap on that. So if you're listening and you haven't been with us through that series, strong encouragement. Go back through those four uh, messages. Fantastic content. Yeah, they're actually all four are on this podcast now. As a matter of fact, the the episode right before this episode on our podcast stream is literally the last message there you go so if you haven't if you haven't listened to that yet hit pause we'll wait we'll still be here go back and listen to that if you want a double (laughs) dose of andrew listen to that episode they come listen to this but in that message you were talking about how everything is about god and in that we wear a bunch of different hats and so every hat we wear we want to bring into submission under christ right Mm -hmm. so i thought it would be a great or opportunity for us to kind of Talk about how you and I, Andrew, try to do that, how we strive to bring our various roles in each of our lives into submission under Christ and just talk about the struggles that we have, the efforts that we take. And I mean, we're diverse people, right? Each one of us wears many hats. Mm -hmm. And so we want to just talk about how we do that. Yeah, actually, I... When you pitched that, I, I loved it, not because I'm like, oh, it's an opportunity for me to rehash something I, I already spoke about, but it, it does give me an opportunity to just kind of shed some light onto bringing everything under the Lordship of Christ, because I, I know when I was younger and I was challenged to make everything about God, the image that came to my mind was like, everywhere you go, you just got to be like, 
meditating and alming right, and right. like being just this holier than thou person. It's like being a monk on steroids. Yeah. Right? And that's not what we were talking about. And so I, I think this is a good opportunity to um, just kind of bring clarity of like, okay, as a, as an athlete or a coach, what does that look like? Exactly. You know, um, you and I have both worked retail, Yeah, you know, and what, it, what did it mean to work for a retail establishment and bring that under the Lordship of Christ? Well, and then we each have a, um, passion for various kinds of gaming, whether it yeah. be video games or tabletop games. Mm-hmm. And how, what does it look like to bring that under the Lordship of Christ? Mm-hmm. And uh, something that you talked about is if you have to justify like two, three, four steps to reach justification as to why this is under Jesus, is that really something that is profitable for your life? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that actually just reminds me, I, I was just reading in Corinthians. Um, well, actually, we'll, we'll come back to that. But uh so actually, let's let's start with the different hats. Um, I know I wrote down in my sermon uh, some of the hats I wear, but you know, let's start with you, Stephen, if you don't mind. Uh, I'd love your fresh perspective on like what are the hats, what are the roles that you play, and then maybe we can start working through like some of them of like how do you bring that under the lordship of Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, some of the most uh, obvious and easy to identify are obviously I am a husband, I am a father, and now I'm an associate pastor. And within the associate pastor role, I'm a youth leader. I'm a worship director. Uh, you just mentioned I used to work for the government. And so I was an officer, a security officer. And then I was a scheduler. And so how do all of those different roles apply? Um, I wrote down in my notes, I also organize tabletop games. So uh, the term for that, for those that are the uninitiated, is I'm a game master. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the hats that I aspire to is to become a writer. And so there are all sorts of different hats that I personally wear that it's, it's worth looking at. Yeah, yeah, man. So um, let's, let's take, uh, actually, let's, let's take a hobby because I think that reaches people. I actually want to get to husband and father because those are hats that I don't wear. Sure. And I think that would be great to hear your perspective on that. But I think the most pertinent to a lot of people then is, is hobbies and things that you do to relax or maybe just aspirations that you have that aren't directly related to careers and right. heavy responsibilities. Right. Well, and another thing is for our audience, like husband and father is, is pretty common hat. I mean, even then being a son or being a brother, being a disciple, those are pretty common hats for us to all wear. And so how to bring those into submission under Christ, we should really be talking about in our small groups, in our life groups. That's something that we can definitely be talking about as we go throughout our business. They don't always get to hear us talk about working out in tabletop games, right? Right. Yeah. So let's, let's, so actually, um, Tabletop RPGs. Now, oh boy. Uh, spoiler alert to the people in our church who don't know you and I very well. Uh, I think first and foremost, other than Christians, we're nerds. We are nerds. Yeah. I, I, in the last like decade, I've made this transition to being a bro, I, I feel like. <laughs> but uh, You're not wrong. I, you know, Dave, our, our mutual friend Dave, uh, I remember like one of the first times we were hanging out. Um, he pulled me aside when he was like, yeah, Andrew, you're like the bro of the group. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And I had to think about it, and I kind of took it as I'm the dumb one of our group. And I'll be honest, I am. Between between you, me, Dave, and some of the other guys that we hang out with, like I, I know I'm I'm the dumb one out of out of us. You're not but. the dumb one. You're just uh, you you are less specialized. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we're, we're nerds, and one of the, something that we like to share is we like to play uh, games, Absolutely. tabletop games, yeah. and I, I like gaming in general and things. So. Stephen, as as someone who enjoys like a hobby, as 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 one could see, is like, oh, how can you? This is just a game, or this is just fun. Like, how do you make something like this about Christ? How, how do you go about doing that? Well, okay, so. First and foremost, what is a tabletop RPG? I mean, if we're just going to ignore board games, card games, you know, all of the Saris, Monopolies, Battlestar Galacticas, um, if we're diving into things like Genesis, um, which is the name of a system that I play, the the game itself is a collaborative storytelling game, right? So, so a group of players playing out a story as though they are actors in scenes, right? But then there are rules as to, you know, rolling dice and math figures and skills and whatever that come into play to condition the story experience, right? Okay. Okay. So 
I, as the, uh, the when I'm writing the story, when I'm, I'm playing as the game master, I am crafting a world and I'm crafting a story for other people to enjoy. But simultaneously, I'm also managing a game experience for other players. Mm-hmm. So like when you, David, Jackson, and Jessica would get together, or Moose back when he was part of the group, um, part of my job is to... <laughs> He's chuckling. Uh, he's he's re- reminiscing right there. Yeah, um, I am. Part of my job is to make sure that the game is fun for everybody at the table. So here my job is to, A, create an engaging story, but then B, manage the telling of that story in a way that is positive and enjoyable for everybody around the table, right? And one of the things that are inherent to these games is everybody has a different idea of where the story is going. And most of the time, that idea is not in alignment with where I think the story is going. So there is an element of conflict that constantly happens under the surface, mm-hmm. right? So, And besides just the conflict of, oh, I have bad guys that you guys are going up against, there can be player against player conflict. And that's not to say character against character. That's that's two people sitting around the table butting heads as to what's going to happen next or different people hogging the spotlight and and there's all sorts of different stuff that can happen so all of that to say how do i bring that under christ's lordship that's the real trick what am i trying to accomplish when i am playing these games what i'm steven is trying to accomplish is building community Mm -hmm. i'm trying to make an enjoyable experience where people are building relationships yeah where people are enjoying yes a finely crafted story and anybody that uh that doesn't know me a finely crafted story should always reflect some aspect of the gospel that because otherwise your story is not worth telling if it's not about the gospel in some capacity it's not a worthwhile story. Um, more on that some other time. That that's a different show. But um, my 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 goal is to bring my players through a finely crafted story together yeah. and build those relationships. So so right there, you just got to the heart of it. It's it's relationships exactly. Um, I, I actually so I, I took I took a page out of your book actually, and I I started a tabletop game on on friday evenings every other week and the primary reason why i did that is because i wanted to connect with some people who started attending our church and we just didn't have anything going on that they that that we could share other than other than that at, at the moment um and this is heartwarming for me or challenging because actually one of the couples i've been hanging out with on that they actually used to attend our church a couple years ago they started attending yep and then because they weren't able to connect with, I think because they didn't really make strong connections, they eventually left and found um, another church for a while and things were, it didn't work for them there. So I, some, somehow, eventually they ended up coming back. And in in my mind, I was like, okay, we messed up earlier, but here's an opportunity for us to intentionally create some community. Um, I serve as the position that you do. I, I, I create the story and I, I do this. There's actually a lot of work yeah, there that is. goes into that. Yeah, there is. Just that nerdiness. But uh, but that has that has opened up a door for us to connect because we, we talk about themes. We talk about stories. We ex- It's weird because um, you experience things together. That's right. That's right. And then you craft stories together and then you have moments that you relive and stories that you tell to other people who enjoy the same hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So right there, there's, there's a relation, like a, there's a bonding experience that comes through that. And honestly, that bonding experience could be used from a missional standpoint in, in many other areas, but right there it's, it's that relationship building. Absolutely. And it, I find that it is more potent than say, uh, people who enjoy the Marvel movies, right? So if, if you have a conversation and you're talking about the Marvel movies, yeah, you can really enjoy talking about the finer points of these movies and the heroes that you like and the production values, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. But that's a story that somebody else made. Okay. It's doubled down when it's a story that you made okay. together. Okay. Like there, there just is something about that community saying, Oh, you remember the time when you did? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. you did that. You didn't just watch, you know, Thor do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's pretty good. That, that's a hobby that you have. But let's. Uh, what, what were some of the other hats that you? Um, well, like I mentioned, my, uh, my associate pastor hat, that's a pretty fresh hat for me, um, being a youth leader and worship director. And then I'm an aspiring writer. Uh, yes. Actually, let's take a moment. I actually want to get to the writer part because that's, an, that's, another, that's a personal hobby, yep. right? And I, I want to touch on these personal things because oftentimes we tend to think that 
the things that we do in our personal lives, there's a, there's a barrier between that and God. And really right. they're, they're, they're married. But, um, I, I made this joke during the sermon this last weekend that it'd be weird if I was a pastor who didn't bring that under the Lordship of right. Christ. Right. Um, every time I said that people would like, ha chuckle, but here, here's the thing. Uh, that's, that's possible. That's definitely possible. That's, that's a very possible well, thing. Like you mentioned this, uh, the book uh, to the Corinthians, the letter to the Corinthians was written to a church. Yeah. And so if Paul from far away from in prison, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. is thinking that it is a significant enough problem in their church to, for him to write a letter to them to correct them, that means it was a serious problem. Mm-hmm. It needed addressing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, speaking from, uh, this is anecdotal. This is from experience. Uh, I, I don't want to sit here and talk bad about other pa- pastors or something like that, but I, I will share that there have been times in my life where I have made decisions for youth group or for churches or something, and not based on the Lordship of Christ, but based on my own preferences. So I, I made it about me and I, instead of making it about Christ. Yeah. And so oftentimes I think people who find themselves in leadership positions, it's possible that I'm sure there are malicious people out there. Sure. Fine. But honestly, innocently enough, there are probably people out there who have the, the, the best of intentions, but sometimes they have a hard time distinguishing like a biblical mandate versus a strong philosophical difference or even um quick results versus strong roots yes yeah and so we have to uh i so i only bring this up not because like i said i sit here and i'm thinking like oh we should like get mad at people but honestly i i bring that up as a reflective thing that i do almost every week i have to sit down and just kind of check my ego and say like okay um because sometimes actually quite often i have to have hard conversations with people and i'm like am i Am I having a hard conversation with someone because they need this in their life and I'm pastoring them? Or am I just annoyed with their behavior? Correct. <laughs> and I just need, I just want to give it to them, you know? Yeah. And uh, that, so that's just something to consider. Yeah. No. And yeah. for me in my uh, youth leader capacity, that's, that's the same challenge is, am I changing my lesson? Am I changing my small group orientation? Like basically every week, the way that I execute youth group changes just subtly. And so then I have to ask myself that same question. Am I doing it because I didn't like how it worked or how it flowed or what, or am I doing it to try to better disciple the kids in my care. Mm -hmm. And it's the same exact question I have to ask myself every week. Yeah. Okay. So I I want to touch on that, but now I'd like to bring it back to another personal thing you like to do. And that is you you established yourself as a writer. Amateur aspiring. So are you a poet? Are you, I mean, what are you, what are we talking about? I actually am a crafter and wordsmith of worlds. Good, sir. Um, So So tabletop RPGs make a lot of sense. They do make a lot of sense. Actually, that is where I have found the most success in my, uh, my passion for writing fiction. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been trying and by trying, I mean failing to write two different novels. Hopefully you're failing forward. As John Maxwell would say. I'm failing sideways, man. Um, but I have a fantasy novel and I have a sci-fi novel that are both in perpetual states of in progress mm-hmm. because I have crafted in my own, you know, humble, humble opinion, marvelous settings with history and characters and cultures and all of this, this cool stuff to explore. But then when I start to just sit down and do the work of writing, mm-hmm. Like so many other writers, I find that when I get to the work, I freeze and I I start just putting it off and not moving forward. And so that's where I really have been struggling is to actually write a novel, but I'm, I'm really good at just writing supporting details. Okay. So, so I guess connect with me a little bit more than on how that falls under the lordship of, of there Christ. we go. Yeah. That, so, so that has actually a couple different nuances to it. Okay. So one, as a writer, you want to craft a good story as a Christian writer. You want to craft a good story that somehow demonstrates the glory of God. And so as I am crafting my stories, uh, it's best if I compare it to other stories. I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago about kids' fictions with like uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. Now, that's a straight up allegory where he is highlighting Christianity from a fictional standpoint. Yeah. If you take his good uh, collaborator, J.R.R. Tolkien, and the Lord of the Rings books, 
you wouldn't say, well, this is a story about God because there isn't even religion in the books. He mm-hmm. actually intentionally left religion out of the books, but it is a story about good and evil, about uh, underdogs overcoming insurmountable odds, right. right? So so there are elements to his story that do reflect They're the glory. thematic, yeah. The, the themes, exactly. Yeah. So as a Christian writer, I want to make sure that when I write, I am not just writing for my own entertainment, but I'm writing with the glory of God in mind, right? Um, and then... And so, so with that, as someone who is created to be creative, you you reflect the image of God when you are faithful mm-hmm. in, in that and expressing your own creativity. Absolutely. In that, in, to, to reflect back the exactly. creator. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's actually... Um, I've, I've heard it said that when we create, we are actually reflecting the image of God mm-hmm. more di- directly than any other time. It's because we are... Um, doing something that only the creator has given us the ability to do. Like, yeah. you know, we are crea- sub-creators creating new things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's demonstrating the image of God. Okay, okay. And so that you can do that then reflecting him and just being thankful for that gift of creativity. Absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Being thankful, keeping those themes in mind. But then also, like, there are times where I'll think of something in my sci-fi novel, for example, that'll be like, oh, that's really cool. But then I'll look at it and be like, but it actually doesn't reflect God. This this takes more of a heretical worldview or a secular worldview. And I, I shouldn't write that. Even if I think it might be cool, it could lead people to a poor understanding of God or reality around them. Okay, so what I heard was two things. Yeah. With everything that you talked about, earlier about world building and enjoying that creativity that's you reflecting the gift of god that's given you and using it to its potential using right? it well, that's like yes. the the power the, the the parable of the talents right god gave you something and now you're using it you're right. and now I, I what i heard you just acknowledge the second thing is boundaries exactly. boundaries that god has put down and be like okay this this is uh something i don't like i won't there, there are some philosophical and theological ideas I won't, I won't cross I over. I don't want to cross over right. those. Exactly. Okay. Because okay. then I'm, I'm doing something that is not good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So those are two elements. Is there anything else that, that comes with that? Um, actually that goes into like the theology of work. Cause I told you about how I would love to do supporting details, but when I actually sit down to try to write, mm-hmm. I, I flub uh, part of that is that's a struggle for me because I struggle with doing the, the, the laborious effort <laughs> of writing and okay. that's something that we're called to do. I mean, right. just as Adam um, was was instructed to go and subdue the land, he he doesn't subdue the land by just simply strolling along and having no trials and no, no work. We are actually created to work. Mm-hmm. And so if I, as a writer, desire to bring my, my writerhood under the lordship of Jesus, I have to acknowledge that if Jesus is my lord, then my writership under his lordship is a writership that works, that okay. strives, that that does things for his glory and honor, not just does things because I kind of sort of have a dream that I might want to do this. And, and just like the other two things, then, that, that theology of work, that is transferable to everything. Everything. Just doing the nitty gritty and just the grind yeah, of it. Absolutely. Because if you're called to be a dad right? Yep. There, there is work that has to happen. It's just a grind. Being, being an authority figure isn't always like, um, glamorous. Well, absolutely. I mean, there yeah. are times where I'm trying to disciple my son and make him into, you know, a, a little believer as, mm-hmm. as I would love to, for him to be. There are other times that I'm changing a diaper, mm-hmm. right? Both of those are under the Lordship of Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've given me a lot of, uh, good reflections on the things that we do for ourselves. Yeah. I, actually. So I, I'd like to share a couple of hats that I wear that I had used to serve, to serve others. Do it. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I don't want to talk about pastoring and, and youth ministry and all that. Cause I think, I think people kind of get that uh, from, from I, I think I, we've talked about yeah, that. I think yeah. we've talked about that. But one thing I, I will talk about that's new for me is being like a coach. And actually, actually one thing that I would probably recently, or what I have recently, uh, have brought under the Lordship of Christ is, um, so I would, we as Christians would say stewardship, um, I think secular pop culture would use the word self-care, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. And, and, and then like the psychologist who understands what self-care actually is, they would, probably, they, would, they would say not the kind of self-care that is self-indulgent, like not retail therapy right? and, right. and things like that. But um, so for me, it, it, just like what you've talked about, everything that I do actually is very intentional. That's what I try to be. So at night... 
and in the mornings when I live my life, um, taking care of myself, I do that. It's all under the lordship of Christ. I've been trying to bring that under the lordship of Christ. I read a book uh, that Mike and I were challenged to read for a class we took a year ago called Rest. And one of the things it talked about is um, as Christians, we always like, we look up to like uh, um, Martin Luther and how he's like, man, he used to get up like, he used to work on two or three hours of sleep That's and then right. he, he would just do all these things and stuff like that. And we, we glorify that. But one of the things the, the guy wrote was like, how much more could he have done if he actually respected the fact that he's a finite human being right. who needs rest, who needs these things. And that book really, uh, it challenged me with my, with my leisure time. So I'm not sitting here telling you that I don't indulge in like watching a movie, playing a game or doing these other things. But one thing I have thought about is when am I not feeding my soul in preparation for the next day? As in like, if you're the kind of person who likes to unwind by watching a TV, TV show or something like that, you can make the argument that whatever you're watching, um, maybe if it's on the Hallmark channel or like on the or on some Christian channel or maybe you're watching Nickelodeon, whatever, at some level there is like an unwinding part. You're like, okay, sure, sure. But then when you get hooked on it and like, like me, I have an addictive personality and I start to, uh, what was the last show that I just couldn't stop watching? I don't remember what, something messed me up back in December where I, I started watching it and because it's on whatever streaming sh- thing I was you watching, just binge watch. I just binged it. And so I was up to like two or three in the morning um, and I had to go to work the next day and, and all these things that doesn't glorify God because it doesn't respect the fact that God has created me to be finite, who needs rest, who needs him, right? I'm not... And that thing yeah. that you're using for rest then actually becomes something that you're actually expending energy on, and right. so therefore you're no longer resting. Right, and I've had to really think to myself, like, what are the things that, um, to use a church term, what are, what are the things that fill my cup, right? What are the things right. that give me a sense of renewal? I'll be honest with you, uh, watching a movie, or something, it's fun, and I like, especially when I watch a comedy, I, I love, you know me, I'm ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I love laughing. No. Yeah, <laughs> but... I've also had to come to the terms with, you know what? Reading really fills my cup. But I hate reading sometimes because it's work. But when I work at it, it actually ignites my mind and my soul to the point where I am excited. I'm ready to go for the next day. So I've really had to look at how has God created me and what is it I need to do to respect the fact that I have limitations. And and that's how I brought that under the lordship of Christ because I want to serve his people to the best of my ability. That's actually... Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Like that's why I, I don't work out anymore. I train. Right. Um, I, I remember, I don't, did I have this conversation with you? I, there, there was a point in time in my life where like, you know, growing up in the nineties, you'd watch like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah. Get through the chopper. <laughs> like you, you'd watch these things and uh, you'd be like, Oh, I want to get jacked. I want to get huge like that. And I used to work out for those, for those reasons, but I don't do that anymore. Actually, what I do is I, I train myself now because I want to serve others to the best of my ability. And I want to increase my ability so that I can love others the way God would want me to. So actually, my church and the people in my life, they are the motivation is why I continually better myself. That's right. That's why I actually, so I, I coach some boys now and that's every Thursday we, we take them out and we, we serve another church. Happens to be doing uh, some Friday school or homeschool stuff. But that's what I'm trying to instill in them. It's like, you you don't, Grow your strength just so you can show off. You should be using this for a purpose for other people to help them, you know, yeah. with that. So, that, yeah, you know that I uh, used to train in parkour. Yeah. And uh, so, if, if you guys listening didn't know that about me, I used to run around in circles just for fun and do flips and well, I, I wasn't much and, in flips, okay. but uh, I wasn't very good at those. But it was about getting from point A to point B as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. There was a slogan, and it's in French, so I'm going to butcher this, but it was être fort pour être utile. So uh, that is be strong to be useful. Yeah. And that's the very idea and the the soul of what parkour actually is, is the idea of growing your body to become a tool for use in the case of emergencies. Mm -hmm. And the example given is if there is a burning building and there is a kid trapped in the second story window and there's a balcony there, I could run up that building, get to that balcony and rescue that kid in without a ladder, you know, I can, I can just run up that wall because I have trained to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's, so that's actually the same sentiment as to why I train the way I do now. It's under the Lordship of Christ because I want to serve the kingdom and I want to do something with that. 
Um, so, I, so with that said, I actually want to pivot now to something that you and I both share because you and I have both worked retail. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd actually like to speak towards this because... Just had flashbacks. Yeah. So you used to work at uh, GameStop. I know that. Right? I worked at Fred Meyer first. Yeah. And then I did some holiday help at GameStop. And then I worked at Best Buy. Okay. Not, and I, uh, not all sequentially, but those are my three predominant retail My terms. My big retail was Target while I was in college. And that was, uh, that was so fun. But uh, so I, I think it's easy to, to work a job like that and to think to yourself, this is a dead end. That right. I'm just doing this to... Uh, to make ends meet, right? To put money in my pocket so I can hang out with girls. Um, that's what are you uh, talking about? I, I totally never felt that way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> especially as an eighteen-year-old boy, yeah. never felt that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's easy to get in this this mindset of just like I'm just here, man. I'm just I'm just here to punch in and punch out. That's what I'm here to do. And so, at the time, I had I was going to Bible college, and for me, missions actually missions is a big thing for me. I, I try to be missional. I try to be engaging. I try a lot of things. And the first place I actually started to practice that was in retail. For me, it got to the point where I was like, how can I combine, like, how can I make me working at Target about Jesus? And one of the things I was challenged on my mind is like, well, what if I was brought here to connect with the, the coworkers and these other, like these shoppers, because we had regulars in the name of Christ. That's right. And so I, I learned in many in hard ways sometimes that I wasn't always the guy to like, I didn't want to cram Jesus down people's throats, but I was open about my faith and I would uh, listen and I would care and I would pray for people. I would openly say that kind of stuff. Hey man, I've been praying for you. I've been thinking about whatever you're going through last month and things. And that actually, that changed my heart because number one, I started to become a lot more compassionate and I, and you start to look forward to work a little bit because you're just a little bit. Yeah. Just because like, I wonder what's going on in this person's life. I want to check on that. And then number two, it, it, it practice care, I guess for me. Um, so when I think about the Lordship of Christ and I think about working jobs that you're like, I, I what am I, why am I even here? I brought that under the Lordship of Christ by looking at myself as a missionary and into this this people group who work at a retail job. I actually took that same mentality, and I used that when I became a coach at a, a CrossFit box here in Longview before before it closed down. Mm-hmm. And i i would I would openly talk to uh, firefighters, nurses, and cops, and just I, I operate as a chaplain essentially. Yeah. And so that's so that's 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 how my approach was. Do you, well, and, and you were building relationships. Yeah. And yeah. On that subject, I mean, I was very very poor at evangelism when I was you know seventeen to nineteen, which is when I was uh, Fred Meyer. But if I go into Fred Meyer, there are still people there that recognize me. They know me. They know I'm married. They know I have a son. They ask for pictures because I built relationships, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, that are still surface-level relationships, yes, but they're still there. There's one lady that runs the uh, the U-Scan there at Fred Meyer, and she'll be like, hey, Steven, dear, how are you? How's your baby? How you doing? And so she's still— the older lady who has, like, gray tips, but, like, it's kind of colored red and she uh, that might be her that might okay. be her yeah uh, her name's glenda and she's yes she's awesome i she's love always, glenda. she's always because I, I go in there and buy a jug of water almost every other day yeah and so okay, okay. no she knows me by name she loves asking about my son and okay. this is a lady that i just i worked with on a surface level years and years ago but it's a relationship that i built so i can guarantee you if she were to walk through the doors of valley she would recognize me instantly. She would have somebody that she connects with mm-hmm. and who she can talk to, right? So did I evangelize back then? No, I was terrible at it. But I built relationships that are still available now, mm-hmm. you know? And so could I invite her to church? Absolutely I can. And I, I'm pretty sure she does attend somewhere. But uh, point being, what I did was built relationships where I was, mm-hmm. right? Now, GameStop... Not as much. I was the holiday help, right? I was I was there to alphabetize shelves. Mm-hmm. Best Buy, I I tried, but it's it's very difficult when you're you're trying to run around selling TVs. Um, but those could also just be excuses for for how I didn't evangelize. What I did do is try to do my work to the very very best of my ability. And that right there is also still the lordship of Christ. I, I keep I think about because uh, while well, you were bringing that up, and I was thinking to myself, well, it's not always about evangelism either. I mean, like that should be a large part of our minds as Christians. But um, I think about Joseph and the coat of many colors and his journey into Egypt and all these things. God gave him 
a skill, an ability, and it glorified God that he would use it. And for him to use it, a nation was saved, right? That's right. He applied himself, and when given the opportunity, he worked as unto the Lord. That's right. And that's that's other things too. I think about people who maybe like work at a mill and work other things. Maybe God has put you there. Who like in a cosmic sense, who knows what God is doing through those entities of the mills and all these? I, I don't know. I can't answer for that. Yeah, that's God's business, right? But what I can't answer is if you are if you're there and if you're like a foreman and if you are, you are there to bring as much efficiency as you possibly can to be a steward of the resources that are coming in. And out exactly. to the best of your ability. Because you don't know yeah. what kind of side conversations you've had and what might stick in somebody's brain that they'll bring up years later. Yeah. I mean, I had a guy when I was a security officer, I, I operated an x-ray machine. And I don't remember this at all. But apparently, because somebody brought it up years later, he said, Stephen, one time when I was on, on the x-ray, I wanted to call this bag check. And I was trying to talk myself out of it. But you said, no, call it anyway, even though... It was probably completely harmless, but you said better, um, better safe than sorry because sorry is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And insecurity, especially that, in security, yeah, insecurity. That's absolutely true. Sorry is unacceptable because that means that people died. Yeah, right. And he says that that stuck with him, even though it was just a small thing one time in the co- normal course of my duties. But that stuck with him and made him see me in a particular light. And that light is that I cared about my work and I cared about people. And so years later, he's a supervisor and I'm a scheduler and we're working together again. And that stayed with him and it gave me opportunities to speak to him again, even though it was just a passing comment while I was doing my job. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that, Stephen. There are Many different hats that we wear. Many hats. Many hats. And I guess those are some examples of how we have brought those aspects of our lives under the Lordship of Christ. And I, I maybe, I mean, we're like 45 minutes into this. Yeah, we got to wrap up. Yeah, but maybe maybe what we should, what we should touch on is, um, I guess when you have to start, I, I said in the sermon, when you have to do some mental jujitsu to get to say like, oh, this is why I... I've got an example. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um... For me, it was video games. Not that video games are bad, but because uh, I played video games games with my wife, and that gives us mutual stories to go through. Like we're spending time together, just like as if we were watching a movie or mm-hmm. Netflix and chill, as the people call it. <laughs> um, but when I'm sitting by myself playing a grinding game, like just you know, like Minecraft. You know, Minecraft is great when you're creating, but when you're just sitting there for hours on end, just digging into a wall. Am I doing anything that is enriching myself? Am I doing anything that's making me rest? Or am I really just sitting there wasting time? And so here I was trying to say, well, I'm, I'm playing Minecraft, which is a game that the kids play. So really I have a shared experience with the kids because I can talk about playing Minecraft and build a relationship that maybe will let me help share the gospel. And I was like, that's, that for me was mental jujitsu, mm-hmm. is I'm trying to justify wasting time but how many other things could I have been doing that were more profitable that will have the same end result of being yeah. able to connect with those kids? Yeah, you know that's that's a good example. Actually, you you, you bring that up, and I I think about uh, so my love for comedy. Like I love being, I do. I love being ridiculous. I love being like th- those are things. I I love laughing. I've, I've said that many times already. And uh, there was a time in my life where um, I was studying uh, to comedy. I was reading a couple books on comedy writing, and I was. If I've done any writing in my life other than like writing for messages and stuff like that, it's writing, it's writing jokes. And uh, I remember being a young person, I guess I still am, but like I remember being younger in college and um, staying up late and just trying to write jokes because there was a, there was a comedy club in Salem that I, I was going to go do a, uh, a, uh, a set at. I actually, I have only done one stand-up routine so far and that was at a talent show at Corbin. And I loved it. I, I had so much fun doing that. I'm a storyteller. That's that's what I am. Right. And uh, so I, I enjoyed it. But I remember when I was doing when I was working on that, I was I was dating someone at the time, and I was putting all this work and energy into it. And she kind of challenged me. She was like, "So when you become like a comedian, is that going to be about you, or is that going to be about uh, Christ?" And I said, "Well." I, I mean, if I, if I grow in that influence, then I, I could point all these people to the Lord. I could, I, there was all these things that are great that could happen, right? But the, the more she asked me about that and I had to think about it, my initial response was very defensive. But as I sat on it, I started to realize like, 
this is this is the one thing in my life that's obvious to me right now because <laughs> there's many other things probably uh this is the th- thing in my life right now that this is a hundred percent purely about me in my ego and i could do the jujitsu to justify and how whatever but uh i just had to let it go right i uh, i still enjoy that stuff i i I do. I love jokes. I love actually listening to other people tell jokes. I like to tear it apart because there's there there is a cadence to how a joke is written. Absolutely. But uh, man, I, I'm already someone who struggles with ego, and that was something that was hard for me to just be like, you know what, this the, the comedian Andrew is not really about Christ. This is. I could make this argument of how I could use it for Christ right now. Sure. But in order to use it for Christ, you first have to use it for you and how convenient is right. that? And, right. And that is, yeah. And, and, and so not to say that I don't use that now for Christ, but, but my goal isn't to be a comedian right. now. Right. It's, it's, uh, there's other things now. So that was, that was something I had to, to think about. And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm, I'd be okay if I didn't have this. And I just walked away from it. Yep. So. I mean, now that's not to say that being a Christian comedian is bad because there are plenty of Christian comedians that do faithfully share the gospel and witness to small groups, churches, yeah, clubs, yeah. what have you, but they do so by doing the work of it. Right. Know? And that, and that was, um, I think right there, what you, that's it's great what you just said, because I, by that time I knew what the calling of my life was and it was hard for me to fit this into the calling as a primary thing. Exactly. It was not even a secondary thing. If anything, it's like a like fourth theory. I don't know what that is, but like something down way down the line that shouldn't be a primary focus. And so honestly making things about God eventually is just about prioritizing. And, and that, in that regards, I, I just wasn't, the big priority right. that and, I made it to be. And so the question that I like to ask myself is not necessarily, is this profitable, but is this the most profitable? Because there could be another way to get the same result that I'm actually also passionate for mm-hmm. that would provide better, uh, as, as, as you say, better gains. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, thank you everyone for listening. We we're like almost an hour Dude, into this. If you're still here, bravo. Yeah. Thank you. Bravo. But, um, if you guys have any questions about, any of that. We'd love to hear from you. You know how to connect with us. You can see that there's uh, contact information on our episode description as well. Uh, podcast at vcflongview.org. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And Stephen, how about, uh, you know what? I bet you there are people who are listening. And why don't we pray that as they are reflective, well, let's pray for them to um, just be sensitive to how God is working in them and how God is calling them to bring everything under his lordship. Let's do. Yeah. Do you mind if I pray? Yeah, go for it. I will pray. Mighty God, we thank you just so much for your spirit that that dwells within us and inspires us to continue to refine our lives into the image of your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice and just the... The inspiration that you show in making every aspect of our lives be about you under your lordship. God, we pray that as we do examine these different hats that we wear, that you would make it abundantly evident and and give us the strength and the perseverance to do the work of being your disciples, God. I pray for just... All of the, the effort and all of the passion that everybody listening has so that we can continually strive, continually strive for the kingdom, God. In Jesus' name, amen.